0: This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Lost Princess of Oz by L. Frank Baum. Chapter 6 The Search Party Next morning, as soon as the sun was up, glinda flew back to her castle stopping on the way to instruct the scarecrow and the tin woodman who were at that time staying at the college of professor h m wogglebug t e and taking a course of his patent educational pills on hearing of Ozma's loss they started at once for the quadling country to search for her as soon as glinda had left the emerald city tick tock and the shaggy man and jack Pumpkinhead who had been present at the conference, began their journey into the Gillikin country. And an hour later Ojo and Unknunky joined Dr. Pipt, and together they travelled toward the Munchkin country. When all these searches were gone, Dorothy and the wizard completed their own preparations. The wizard hitched the sawhorse to the red wagon, which would seat four very comfortably. He wanted Dorothy, Betsy, Trot, and the patchwork girl to ride in the wagon, but Scraps came up to them mounted upon the Woozy, and the Woozy said he would like to join the party. Now this Woozy was a most peculiar animal, having a square head, square body, square legs, and square tail. His skin was very tough and hard, resembling leather, and while his movements were somewhat clumsy, the beast could travel with remarkable swiftness. His square eyes were mild and gentle in expression, and he was not especially foolish. The Woozy and the Patchwork Girl were great friends, and so the wizard agreed to let the Woozy go with them. Another great beast now appeared and asked to go along. This was none other than the famous Cowardly Lion, one of the most interesting creatures in all Oz no lion that roamed the jungles or plains could compare in size or intelligence with this cowardly lion who like all animals living in oz could talk and who talked with more shrewdness and wisdom than many of the people did he said he was cowardly because he always trembled when he faced danger but he had faced danger many times and never refused to fight when it was necessary this lion was a great favorite with ozma and always guarded her throne on state occasions. He was also an old companion and friend of the Princess Dorothy, so the girl was delighted to have him join the party. "'I'm so nervous over our dear Ozma," said the Cowardly Lion, in his deep rumbling voice, "'that it would make me unhappy to remain behind while you were trying to find her. But do not get into any danger, I beg of you, for danger frightens me terribly.' "'We'll not get into danger if we can possibly help it,' promised Dorothy. "'But we shall do anything to find Ozma danger or no danger.' The addition of the woozy and the cowardly lion to the party gave Betsy Bobbin an idea, and she ran to the marble stables at the rear of the palace and brought out her mule, Hank by name. Perhaps no mule you ever saw was so lean and bony and altogether plain-looking as this Hank but betsy loved him dearly because he was faithful and steady and not nearly so stupid as most mules are considered to be betsy had a saddle for hank and he declared she would ride on his back an arrangement approved by the wizard because it left only four of the party to ride on the seats of the red wagon dorothy and button-bright and trot and himself an old sailor man who had one wooden leg came to see them off, and suggested that they put a supply of food and blankets in the red wagon inasmuch as they were uncertain how long they would be gone. This sailor-man was called Cap'n Bill. He was a former friend and comrade of Trot, and had encountered many adventures in company with the little girl. I think he was sorry he could not go with her on this trip, but Glinda the sorceress had asked Cap'n Bill to remain in the Emerald City, and take charge of the royal palace while everyone else was away, and the one-legged sailor had agreed to do so. They loaded the back end of the wagon with everything they thought they might need, and then they formed a procession and marched from the palace through the emerald city to the great gates of the wall that surrounded this beautiful capital of the land of Oz. Crowds of citizens lined the streets to see them pass and to cheer them and wish them success for all were grieved over Ozma's loss and anxious that she be found again. First came the cowardly lion, then the patchwork girl riding upon the woozy, then Betsy Bobbin on her mule Hank, and finally the sawhorse drawing the red wagon in which were seated the wizard and Dorothy and Button-bright and Trot no one was obliged to drive the sawhorse so there were no reins to his harness one had only to tell him which way to go fast or slow and he understood perfectly it was about this time that a shaggy little black dog who had been lying asleep in dorothy's room in the palace woke up and discovered he was lonesome everything seemed very still throughout the great building and toto that was the little dog's name missed the customary chatter of the three girls he never paid much attention to what was going on around him and although he could speak he seldom said anything so the little dog did not know about ozma's loss or that everyone had gone in search of her but he liked to be with people and especially with his own mistress dorothy and having yawned and stretched himself and found the door of the room ajar he trotted out into the corridor, and went down the stately marble stairs to the hall of the palace, where he met Jellia Jamb. "'Where's Dorothy?' asked Toto. "'She's gone to the Winky Country,' answered the maid. "'When?' "'A little while ago,' replied Jellia. Toto turned and trotted out into the palace garden, and down the long driveway, until he came to the streets of the Emerald City. Here he paused to listen— and hearing sounds of cheering he ran swiftly along until he came in sight of the red wagon and the woozy and the lion and the mule and all the others being a wise little dog he decided not to show himself to dorothy just then lest he be sent back home but he never lost sight of the party of travelers all of whom were so eager to get ahead that they never thought to look behind them when they came to the gates in the city wall the Guardian of the Gates came out to throw wide the golden portals and let them pass through. "'Did any strange person come in or out of the city on the night before last when Ozma was stolen?' asked Dorothy. "'No, indeed, Princess,' answered the Guardian of the Gates. "'Of course not,' said the wizard. "'Anyone clever enough to steal all the things we have lost would not mind the barrier of a wall like this in the least.' i think the thief must have flown through the air for otherwise he could not have stolen from ozma's royal palace and glinda's faraway castle in the same night moreover as there are no airships in oz and no way for airships from the outside world to get into this country i believe the thief must have flown from place to place by means of magic arts which neither glinda nor i understand on they went and before the gates closed behind them toto managed to dodge through them the country surrounding the emerald city was thickly settled and for a while our friends rode over nicely paved roads which wound through a fertile country dotted with beautiful houses all built in the quaint oz fashion in the course of a few hours however they had left the tilled fields and entered the country of the winkies which occupies a quarter of all the territory in the Land of Oz, but is not so well known as many other parts of Ozma's fairyland. Long before night the travellers had crossed the Winky River near to the Scarecrow's Tower, which was now vacant, and had entered the rolling prairie where few people live. They asked every one they met for news of Ozma, but none in this district had seen her, or even knew that she had been stolen and by nightfall they had passed all the farmhouses and were obliged to stop and ask for shelter at the hut of a lonely shepherd when they halted Tota was not far behind the little dog halted too and stealing softly around the party he hid himself behind the hut the shepherd was a kindly old man and treated the travelers with much courtesy he slept out of doors that night giving up his hut to the three girls, who made their beds on the floor with the blankets they had brought in the red wagon. The wizard and button-bright also slept out of doors, and so did the cowardly lion and Hank the mule. But Scraps and the sawhorse did not sleep at all, and the woozy could stay awake for a month at a time if he wished to, so these three sat in a little group by themselves and talked together all through the night. In the darkness the cowardly Lion felt his shaggy little form nestling beside his own, and he said sleepily, "'Where did you come from, Toto?' "'From home,' said the Dog. "'If you roll over, roll the other way, so you won't smash me.' "'Does Dorothy know you were here?' asked the Lion. "'I believe not,' admitted Toto, and he added a little anxiously, "'Do you think, friend Lion?' We are now far enough from the Emerald City for me to risk showing myself, or will Dorothy send me back because I wasn't invited?" "'Only Dorothy can answer that question,' said the Lion. "'For my part, Toto, I consider this affair none of my business, so you must act as you think best.' Then the huge beast went to sleep again, and Toto snuggled closer to the warm, hairy body and also slept. He was a wise little dog in his way, and didn't intend to worry when there was something much better to do. In the morning the wizard built a fire, over which the girls cooked a very good breakfast. Suddenly Dorothy discovered Toto sitting quietly before the fire, and the little girl exclaimed, "'Goodness me, Toto, where did YOU come from?' "'From the place you cruelly left me,' replied the dog in a reproachful tone. I forgot all about you," admitted Dorothy. And if I hadn't, I'd probably have left you with jelly Jamb, seeing this isn't a pleasure trip but strictly business. But now that you're here, Toto, I suppose you'll have to stay with us, unless you'd rather go back again. We may get ourselves into trouble before we're done, Toto." Never mind that," said Toto, wagging his tail. I'm hungry, Dorothy breakfast will soon be ready and then you shall have your share promised his little mistress who was really glad to have her dog with her she and toto had traveled together before and she knew he was a good and faithful comrade when the food was cooked and served the girls invited the old shepherd to join them in the morning meal he willingly consented and while they ate he said to them you are now about to pass through a very dangerous country unless you turn to the north or to the south to escape its perils in that case said the cowardly lion let us turn by all means for i dread to face dangers of any sort what's the matter with the country ahead of us inquired dorothy beyond this rolling prairie explained the shepherd are the Merry-Go-Round Mountains, set close together and surrounded by deep gulfs, so no one is able to get past them. Beyond the Merry-Go-Round Mountains it is said the Thistle-Eaters and the Herkus live. What are they like? demanded Dorothy. No one knows, for no one has ever passed the Merry-Go-Round Mountains, was the reply. But it is said that the Thistle-Eaters hitch dragons to their chariots, and that the herkus. waited upon by giants whom they have conquered and made their slaves who says all that asked betsy it is common report declared the shepherd everyone believes it i don't see how they know remarked little trot if no one has been there perhaps the birds who fly over that country brought the news suggested betsy If you escape those dangers, continued the shepherd, you might encounter others still more serious before you came to the next branch of the Winky River. It is true that beyond that river there lies a fine country inhabited by good people, and if you reached there you would have no further trouble. It is between here and the west branch of the Winky River that all dangers lie for that is the unknown territory that is inhabited by terrible lawless people it may be and it may not be said the wizard we shall know when we get there well persisted the shepherd in a fairy country such as ours every undiscovered place is likely to harbor wicked creatures if they were not wicked they would discover themselves and by coming among us Submit to Ozma's rule and be good and considerate, as are all the Oz people whom we know. That argument, stated the little wizard, convinces me that it is our duty to go straight to those unknown places, however dangerous they may be, for it is surely some cruel and wicked person who has stolen our Ozma, and we know it would be folly to search among good people for the culprit. Ozma may not be hidden in the secret places of the Winky country, it is true, but it is our duty to travel to every spot, however dangerous, where our beloved ruler is likely to be imprisoned. "'You're right about that,' said Button Bright approvingly. "'Dangers don't hurt us. Only things that happen ever hurt us. And a danger is a thing that might happen and might not happen, and sometimes don't amount to shucks. I vote we go ahead and take our chances.' they were all of the same opinion so they packed up and said goodbye to the friendly shepherd and proceeded on their way end of chapter